Today on Unexpected Hauntings, we read about a sleep paralysis story. What happens when the only job available is a job at a haunted old hotel? What do you do when you come across a menacing, grinning man that's staring you in the face? More coming up for you on today's episode of Unexpected Hauntings. Stay tuned. Listen if you dare as we unfold stories of unexplained happenings and phenomena. Write in at unexpectedhauntings739 at gmail.com. This is where the unexpected and ghost stories are brought into reality. This is Unexpected Hauntings. That's right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Unexpected Hauntings. Um, this is episode 12. And um, if you're just now tuning in, we would love to have you guys subscribe to our Apple Podcast or Spotify or any other thing that you listen to us on with podcasts. Um, they actually, on Simplecast, which is where we mostly stream and distribute all our episodes from and is an amazing um, amazing website if you ever want to start up your own podcast I would highly recommend Simplecast but uh, Simplecast they just actually made an agreement with um, what is it called and it's actually storming right now so (laughs) if you guys heard that thunder um, that is not a sound effect. Uh, so, um, and the actual thing that they actually, sorry, I'm kind of, my brain's kind of frazzled because that was pretty loud. <laughs> but, um, anyways, it's a Sirius XM. They actually partnered with Sirius XM. So if you listen to that, like I do in my car or anything, you can listen to us in the car. Uh, that is pretty cool. So, um, but uh, yeah, just follow us on also media. We have Facebook, which we keep up all the time. And we love, love our listeners and our input that is put up on Facebook. Um, and uh, also, we all, of course have our email, like in the intro. We have our email, unexpectedhaunting739 at gmail.com. And write in your stories there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys as well. But anyways, um, I'm super excited. This is actually going to be counted as, I guess, the 4th of July um, episode. Because the next episode following will be after 4th of July. So happy 4th of July, guys. And um, we hope that you guys will have a safe and um, great 4th of July. Because I'm going to be camping out with some buds going to be telling some ghost stories of course and uh going to be having a good time for that so let me know let us know on our social media what you guys are going to be doing uh for fourth of july we'd love to hear that and um so i guess i'm just going to cut straight to the chase and start our stories we've got some incredible stories for you guys today um from my buddies at reddit that write in of course i've got a reddit page uh uh 
podcast is what it's called. So find us on there, and we've got I got tons of people that write in on Reddit um, to me and the Unexpected Haunting page, and we just love these stories. They're great. So we've got the sleep paralysis story of someone being held down and um, seeing ghosts. We've got this um, night shift at an old hotel that's haunted, of course, and we've got a grinning man story for you. Um, So, all right, if you guys are ready, just uh, sit back and relax, and here we go with the first story of today's episode, the sleep paralysis story. So I've never really talked about this, but this all started about three years ago when I was talking to this girl for a little while. She lived in an older house and had the entire basement to herself. I remember her saying things like how our house was haunted and etc. I didn't really believe her until this one night. So me and my friend Nick are spending the night at her house and I remember my friend laying down on the couch at 9.30 and he was just staring blankly at the wall. I didn't think anything was wrong. I thought it was just he was just messing around. I started calling his name. Yo, Nick! 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 Nothing. Couldn't get a response from him. Meanwhile, I was across the room and Natalie was sitting on her bed. About after a minute of him just staring blankly, he jumps off the couch and saying, I don't fuck with that. I don't fuck with that. Freaking out and Natalie started laughing. It didn't really dawn on me until later that I think she knew what was happening. Anyways, I started laughing too, thinking it was just a joke. About five minutes passed, and he calms down and sits back down on the couch. This is where things get a little creepy and interesting. She had this screen door in her room that opened outside. I specifically remember... As soon as I took two steps out of her room to go outside, every single light in her room, including including outlets, all blew out, and it was pitch black, and it got really creepy for a second. We tried everything, and the only thing in, in the room that would work was the lamp that was next to the couch, right next to Nick's head. Anyways, this all kind of new... This was all kind of new to me. I didn't really know what to think about the situation. I then remember things getting weird in the room, like Natalie was getting super agitated over the littlest things and would let me sleep in her bed. So I was like, whatever, I'll just sleep on the floor at the foot of her bed. I remember I just could not fall asleep that night. I was laying there while everyone else was asleep, when I had a sleep paralysis type feeling. I couldn't move or anything. I remember this happened to me once I was young and all I could think to do was pray. I started saying the Our Father prayer in my head when about halfway through it stopped and I tried to go back to bed. About 30 seconds passed and it hits me again and I can't move. This is giving me chills just typing this so I started praying again and again halfway through the prayer it stops at this point I was like whatever it's gone until about 30 seconds pass again 
but this time was much more frightening. I remember it felt as if someone plugged me into an outlet. I was being shocked. My whole body was kind of shaking, and whatever it was holding me down hard, I remember trying to move my arms as hard as I could to rip the blanket off Nick to wake him up and help me. But in my head, I was saying the Our Father prayer, and it left halfway through again. At this point, I was freaking out. I was literally scared for a few few months after I literally slept in the same room as my mom for a month or so. It took me a while to kind of make sense of what happened that night, but I think some in, some entity or demon or something, I don't know, tried messing with my friend Nick and. When I left and taunted it, it targeted me. So this happened about two years ago when I moved into my new house, which is still, which is still lot, which I still live in today. I remember my aunt was visiting, and it was late at night, around 2 a.m. I was just chilling, playing video games, doing my thing, when I hear this weird sound to my left or right. I had my gaming headset on, so I just ignored it and kept playing. When I thought I heard the same sound the second time from being behind me on my bed, I took my headset off to wait and hear it again to find out what it was. I sat there for like two minutes just waiting when I heard this sound right next to me. Woo! Is literally all it could make out, and it was just weird and creeped me the fuck out. So I ran into my mom's room and told her something was making sounds in my room. And she was like, oh, it probably was just the sprinkler system or something, and went outside to look. I remember I walked back into the hall to my room and stood where waiting for my mom to come back inside. Then I li- literally heard the loudest woo in my ear. I ran outside of the house crying and freaking out. My mom thought I was crazy. I remember hearing the voice another time while I was trying to sleep and I just kept telling it to go away and I haven't had any crazy stuff happen since then though I did though I though I do get sleep paralysis sometimes most recent experience I had was like a presence of a woman in my room and I couldn't move I don't know all this stuff if it's just creeping me out I figured I'd post about it after and share my experience. If anyone has any insight, let me know. Alright guys, um, so that was um, the sleep paralysis possession ghost story um, that a good buddy of mine um, sent in. And um, sleep paralysis is very, very real and is very common and um very creepy uh as this writer writes in and um sorry if there was nitpick parts in the story that were kind of wordish because um the wording was wrong so i when i was reading i just had to kind of fix it (laughs) um so but anyways so i thought that was pretty interesting that it felt like the whole room was like an electric outlet or body was an electric outlet and was electrified. That is pretty crazy to think of. Um, and 
I think what makes this even more hard with sleep paralysis is um, it's hard for people to understand because if you don't, if you haven't had, if you don't have sleep paralysis, which I don't, but I still kind of understand because I have a lot of people that have sleep paralysis, and um, a lot of people seem to push it out of the window and say, "Ah, oh, sleep paralysis isn't real; it's just messing with your head." And yes, it some of it might be, but the other part is you can't really control sleep paralysis whenever it happens. And that's what's creepy about it too is because also when you encounter ghosts or you encounter a um, feeling that someone is in the room watching you and you can't move, then that is when it's creepy. And that is when your heart rate seems to go up and you freak out. So, um, anyways, guys, if you guys have had, had any sleep paralysis type stories, write in to unexpectedhauntings739 uh, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your stories on this, or we'd love to hear your insight on these stories and just um, see what you guys think. So, also write us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and let us know what you think about this story. Now, we're going to be going into our other story, um, which covers a night shift at an old hotel, which I'm really excited about that and sharing that with you guys. So without further ado, here we go. This is the night shift at the old hotel. I recently got a job in a hotel downtown from where I live. I've never worked in the hotel industry before, so I had no idea what to expect. The time between applying for the job and being hired was less than 24 hours, which made me nervous. But I'd been looking for several months and couldn't find anything, so I thought I'd take a chance. This hotel is about 150 years old and has plenty of character. Behind the front desk there are places where the wallpaper has been torn away, revealing the psychedelic wallpaper from what I can only guess to be the 1970s. We're talking bright pink, neon green, hookah-induced vision type of wallpaper. The walls and the upper floors are painted bright orange and yellow, and the hallways are narrow enough to give off a shining kind of feel to it. But I'll elaborate on that later. My manager is a young Chinese man in his mid-twenties, only five years older than me. The man who owns the building is also Chinese, and literally a walking stereotype. The owner is friendly and kind to the employees, but he's also rich enough that he doesn't really care if the hotel isn't up to par. I learned recently that he also owns one of the more run-down shopping centers downtown. So this might explain the less than five-star quality of the hotel. Probably, probably about a three-and-a-half star, in my opinion. Some people describe the place as a quaint, unique, full of character, while others describe it as outdated or disappointing. As a history enthusiast, I would agree that the place is full of character, but I also think that the owner should be a little more concerned about keeping the place clean. 
There are lots of problems in this hotel, including mice, broken toilets, falling ceiling tiles, leaks, and other maintenance nightmares. The fancier rooms to the upper floors have real fireplaces in them, so that adds to the risk of fires at the hand of careless guests. Mice are a common problem, and I'm thankful the guests don't have to see all the dusty traps filled with dead rodents in the basement. But by far, the most interesting aspect of the hotel is that it's supposed to be haunted. There are two ghosts that have been reported in the building, as well as the adjoined pub next door. Back when the hotel was first built, it had the reputation of being a complete dive. A lady now named Lady Churchill died in the hotel, and her spirit supposedly lingers in the haunted room 49. Guests will occasionally smell her perfume or see her face in the mirror. One of the most frightening stories included something opening the door only to have Lady Churchill fly at them in fury. On my first day, when my boss toured me around the hotel, he pointed out the, the haunted room to me. Lady Churchill has also been spotted at the fireplace in the pub, arguing with her boyfriend, the other resided ghost, Brady. Brady was stabbed to death on a basement stairwell. The stairwell is not in use anymore, as it leads from the street directly into the basement. Instead, it's used to, used to store extra chairs and miscellaneous items. The light is never turned on, which adds more of a creep factor. My shift is the day shift from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Every morning when I come in, I have to check the entire hotel by myself in search of homeless people sleeping in the back stairwell or trying to get in through the basement. I'm not an intimidating person. I'm a short female, not physically fit, and too friendly for my own good. If I did find someone hiding in the hotel, what was I supposed to do about it? I'm not sure which creeps me out the most. The fact that I'm going around looking for people who shouldn't be there, or the idea that I have to walk through the dark and silent areas known to be haunted all by myself. My sweep of the hotel includes all four floors of guest rooms, the kitchen, the back stairwell, the basement stairwell, and the basement. To give you some context, the, ba the back stairwell serves as a fire escape connecting all the floors together. It goes straight down to the street level, and also, it's also cold and echoey in there. And as I said before, full of dead mice. When I was first told about the haunted stairwell, I mistakenly thought they meant the fire escape stairs, so they go down to the basement level. The four floors up four guest rooms in all their Overlook Hotel glory are shaped with a square horseshoe, which means... There are more than enough blind corners where creepy twins might suddenly appear. Lady Churchill's haunted room is at the end of the hall, around one of these blind corners, and yes, I do think about that every time I search the hotel. There is an elevator and an interior stairway, the one guests who are supposed to use. Behind the elevator is this old connecting hallway that basically serves no purpose anymore. In the past, it may have been useful, 
but now it just serves as a secret passageway that goes behind the elevator and comes out at the other end of the horseshoe. This hallway especially needs to be searched for homeless people, drunks, or people having sex. The basement is by far the creepiest part of the hotel. To get there, you can either take the elevator or go through the pub and down the stairs. I prefer to go through go through the pub because there are some fascinating black and white photos from when the hotel was first built. I love to look at them. It's also the best place to see the age of the brick foundation. Anyway, the basement is used for storing beer kegs, firewood, planter pots, housekeeping items, and maintenance tools, among other things. It's usually deserted. Now that I know the dark, unused basement stairwell is where Brady's spirit is supposed to be, I think I'll try to spend even less time down there. This week is my second week of work, and my boss has put me on the afternoon-evening shift, just so I can get a sense of what it's like in case I have to cover anybody in the future. Every, I mean, sorry, (laughs) in the future. Yesterday was my first late shift, and in that time I learned a whole bunch of things I didn't want to know from the lady I worked with. This woman, let's call her Peggy, has been at the hotel for 14 years. She's seen all there is to see and is well known for her stories. I've listened to some of these stories and honestly, part of me thinks she's full of shit. But the other part is going to cautiously believe her on and off chance that is true. Here are some things I learned about the hotel in the span of one shift. One, the man I'm replacing was not actually fired or for chronic lateness, as my boss had told me, but instead for sexual harassment. The head of housekeeping, a man I get along with very well, is a friend of his. Number two, the day before Peggy caught a drug addict rooting around in the private back office after hours, we looked over the security footage and he was definitely searching for something. We now keep the office doors locked. Number three, there were two guests several years ago who stayed at the hotel and the next day they robbed a jewelry store downtown and fled back to the hotel with everything they'd stolen. There was a massive police standoff on the roof, SWAT teams and all. There's a news article about it online, otherwise I never would have believed it. Number four, the bedrock of the hotel can be found in the boiler room. There's a slight gap that that has been filled in on the top right corner that connects directly to the street. One time Peggy came down to the boiler room to find a man half through the gap head first trying to get in because he wanted to know what was down there. That image terrifies me. In the span of that one night shift, an alarm went off in the basement and the police showed up at the pub and the guest verbally abused and the day staff over a non-existent shuttle to the hospital. No, not an ambulance, a shuttle. Taking the bus was beneath him, I suppose. And at my bus stop, after my shift, a man was shooting up in public. My city has a drug epidemic going on right now. 
My bus took half an hour to arrive, and when I got off at my stop, it was as foggy as Silent Hill. I felt as though I shouldn't be looking around for Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees. It is October, after all. That's one night shift down. I have another another tonight, and one more the day after. If anything else interesting happens, I'll keep you folks updated. I mostly just wanted to get all of this off my chest. It's amazing how difficult the hotel is after 3 p.m. Much louder, that's for sure. Thanks for the pub on one side of the bar and one bar on the other. Everyone I've gotten to know during my first week of work has already gone home, leaving me with drunks strangers and Peggy's crazy stories one thing's for sure after three nights of this I'll never complain about getting up early again so who wants to go stay at that hotel <laughs> um, that's pretty wild so I like the shining vibe that she she put in there because um, of course when you think about old hotels you think of the shining because you have those narrow halls like she was saying and um, and of course whenever you're looking down and you're taking a turn you're thinking oh shit I'm gonna run into the twins um, <laughs> that say um, what do they say um, something Danny right the, the um come with us Danny or whatever the hell they say <laughs> you're expecting those twins when you turn the corner and down to another hall um which is insane and it's so it's like a horseshoe um old hotel so um if you can picture that whenever you're taking the turn you're gonna go down another long hallway um and it sounds like there's a hallway that's hidden that connects the two now I wonder if there is a lot of um, a lot of activity in that old abandoned hallway I'm curious about that because if they don't use that then I've always heard that ghosts like to go places where they can't disturb the living and since they're not using that hallway, that would be a great place for them to hide out. <laughs> Don't you think? Um, but, yes, I thought that that was pretty neat that they have two ghosts there. Um, I'd be interested to know where the hell this hotel is. I know that she probably couldn't explain where it was. Just because, I guess, privacy reasons and didn't want to get in trouble. Um, but... Yeah, I would love to hear more stories from her. Um, if you guys want more stories from her, let me know. I can also message her. Um, her name is Gabs. And, um, yeah, she's she's a brave one for sure. Um, going through all that mess at the hotel, um, having to deal with that drug epidemic that they're talking, she's talking about. Um, but... Yeah, I'd be interested to know more stories about the hotel because I'm sure that there's some that she didn't share. So, anyways, 
uh, if you guys have any questions on this or any input, um, of course, you're always uh, welcome to email us or um, write into us on our Facebook page if you want. There's also an inbox there. So email, Facebook, or write us a review. Either way, if you guys um, find anything interesting or anything that you've gone through that is like this, let us know. But without further ado, we are going to go to our last story of the day, and it is called The Grinning Man. Um, and um, who doesn't love a story that has a chilling title? So here we go. We're going about to embark on a chilling story called The Grinning Man. My name is Matthew, and I'm the writer and director of the feature film titled The Grin, a story that is based on true events that actually happened on the set where it was filmed, or otherwise known as My House from Childhood. I found myself at home one weekend night, my parents were out of town, and I was returning from a canceled sleepover at a friend's house. The lights were on when I got in the door, and I remember getting a phone call from that same friend shortly thereafter which would end up being the last normal event of the night. My brother was playing video games in the next room and I could hear him tapping furiously at a video game while I spoke on the cordless phone. I walked around in the living room and, it, and ended the phone call in the kitchen when I remember hearing some kind of high-pitched squeal that came from the house somewhere and I couldn't place it, place where it was coming from as it sounded the same in every room I went to investigate. It ended after about a minute after it started and was interrupted by the phone ringing. But the phone was not in the kitchen where I left it. It was in the bathroom on the counter in front of the sink. I answered the phone and there was nobody there so I hung up. It was at, this po at that point where I heard a dragging sound, like a large heavy object was being dragged in the attic crawl space above me. I followed the sound as it clo closely, clo as it slowly navigated from room to room and ended up in my parents' bedroom, who still had a waterbed. After the sound made it to the far wall, it stopped and the phone rang again. This time, my friend was on the other end of it. I told him, what was going on and he told me to be careful and call the police. After I got off the phone I laid down on the waterbed and was horrified to find a body shaped solid object inside the waterbed mattress and leaped out. I then heard a knock at the door and answered it quick, quickly but there was nobody there. It was at this point where my brother called me from his room to check something out that he had just discovered in the game he was playing. And a little more than annoyed at his lack of interest in what was going on, I stormed into his room. There was nobody there. His bed was made and the room was spotless. Neither the console nor the TV was on and the controller was wrapped and unplugged. There was no way he could have hid and cleaned his room in the few seconds. It took me to make it from the front door to his room. I had been alone the entire night hearing for 20 straight minutes my brother playing a game 
that he was not present to be playing. The phone rang again, but ag- the phone rang again, but again it was not where I left it. This time it was resting on the kitchen counter where I originally had left it. So I walked through the entire house to answer it. It was my friend calling again, this time saying that he that the call was dropped for some reason and he was calling me back. I explained that just what just happened and there was another knock at the door. Since I was standing right next to it, I peeked out the window within two seconds of the knocks and there was nobody there. At this point, I opened the door and stepped onto the porch to make sure I didn't see anyone running away as I had a large, wide-open yard and there wasn't anything or any place to be hidden from. I walked into the yard to look around, but didn't find anything. I found myself engaged in several minutes of talking before my friend got off the line. And it was at that moment where I realized that the place I had been staring off into space, it, sorry, <laughs> where I realized that the place I had been staring off into space, it was talking. Does it make any sense? Okay. Where two very large black reflective eyes looking back at me. The figure was tall and lanky and stood only 10 feet or so from me. And the shadow cast by front the garage from the front door light. The most notable feature he wore was an an inhumanly large smile. And he was grinning with oily metallic teeth from literally, literally ear to ear. Despite me staring directly at him for more than five minutes, I pretended I didn't notice him and through willpower alone made it inside the house without running as fast as I could and instead walking calmly. I remember feeling like if I ran, he would chase me and somehow knew that he would have caught me easily. I barricaded in my, myself in my room for the rest of the night and did not fall asleep until the sun came up the next morning and my parents were home. Nothing like that had ever happened to me before that and nothing like that has happened since. So, um, the grinning guy, or grinning, grinning, um, they don't, he doesn't really know what it is, um, smiling, lanky figure, um, as he described, so it's, wouldn't be like Slenderman or anything, but, um, but yeah, so, pretty much, by himself, um, Keeps hearing the phone ring, and then his phone moves from place to place. What about that? What the bone-chilling part of the whole story to me was, um, he heard his brother clearly playing video games and yelling, but lo and behold, he walks in there, and no one there. Everything's turned off. Controllers are unplugged. Um... And he couldn't have done that in a couple of seconds, like he said in the story. So, 
that could have also been some type of reenactment sound um, that could be playing with you as well. It couldn't be. It can be something paranormal um, as well, but also it could be your mind playing tricks on you as well. Because sometimes I sometimes hear things that other people can't, but it's like a replaying almost in my mind and it's um I don't know it's like something that you're just you're just used to and like there was one time where I I thought the TV was on because the TV is always on in the den of my house and um I walked in there and it wasn't on so that could be something paranormal like this story um, or it could just be something that you're just used to and you're just expecting it and it's not really on, but your mind plays tricks on you. So, um, that could be it for the story for sure. But, um, running into this object, sorry, um, about that as well. That the, the wordage was super weird and I bet you guys can pick out some parts too where, the story was kind of worried weird but um but yeah really anytime you're home alone by yourself that is when something like this happens always and so that's why it's always good to lock your doors make sure you're safe um his friend said to call the police and that's that's a no-brainer too um he didn't even call the police which I don't know. I probably wouldn't either. I wouldn't go to that extent because it seemed like it didn't harm him. But I feel like if he were to actually look at the figure and would have ran, it would have gotten a lot worse. So I think what he did was right and ignoring it. But you got to be careful because some spirits out there or entities, large, um, lanky figures, whatever you want to call them, if you ignore them, some of them can get aggressive so you got to be careful with that and I'm not talking about that through an experience for myself Um, I'm actually learning um, through that demonologist book that certain spirits do not like to be ignored and uh, I know that can be hard because you want to ignore it you don't want to to um, acknowledge that it's existence because that in some way can make it stronger but in this significant story um, the character or the person in real life um, it's a real life story yeah let me check yep it is it is based on a real life story so my bad so yeah Matthew um, he in this story just ignored it and walked off so um, I don't know really it's just different for each person I think on what you do but um, anyways guys um, don't forget to subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and Spotify and whatever podcast um, you listen to we're on there as well we're on there with Stitcher we're on there with Google Play we're on um, even we're even on um, Sirius XM as well. So tune in onto all those listening devices if you want to. We've got 
tons of listening devices you can listen to this on. But thank you guys for choosing Unexpected Hauntings for today. And we hope to have you guys listen to us on our um, next episodes. But anyways, guys, have a great one. And we hope that you have a great night. Thank you, listeners.